Reshaping patient engagement. This is Industry Focus. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Industry Focus Healthcare Edition. I'm your host, Christine Hargis, and I'm here today joined by a very special guest, Michael O'Neill of the Get Well Network, which is a healthcare IT company that focuses on patient engagement. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. We have so much to talk about today. Can you start by giving us a little bit of background about what your company does? Sure. You know, um, Get Well Network started back in 2000 uh, from a personal cancer experience. I was in grad school and ended up having non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I went through a lot of surgery and chemotherapy and lost the hair and the whole bit that many folks in the cancer club go through and, and simply had a great medical outcome, but a really bad experience from a patient and family standpoint and just started to think about a new model of care to really kind of redefine how people experience healthcare. And so um, we've been on a 15-year journey, a long way to go, but we're focused exclusively on trying to help people uh, better engage in their health journey kind of throughout, throughout their lives. That's incredible. I mean, I can't think of a more noble mission than that. So what exactly does your company offer? So we actually offer a what we would call a cross-continuum patient engagement platform. Um, we work with hospitals and large health systems to make sure at the point of care they can help patients be educated, informed, empowered, engaged in their care. So whether you're using a uh, iPhone or a tablet if you're in a clinic or back at home, or you might be in a hospital bed using a television. Either way, we're actually taking over those devices and creating a very personalized, dynamic um, healthcare uh, episode, if you will, a platform for them to really get to know about their care. That's awesome. And what have the outcomes been? You know, it's interesting. We're, we are ferocious kind of in our uh, data analysis about whether or not patient engagement really makes a change in care. So we're measuring things like everything from has patient satisfaction improved, have readmission rates in hospitals improved, have fall rates improved, are people getting healthier, are they happier, are they more safe by being more engaged in their care. And so um, it's interesting, you know, since the laws have all changed, a lot of the reimbursements are really tied now to the very measures that we are actually measuring and improving. And so uh, we have a whole database of outcomes across 400 or so organizations that we've been tracking for the last decade. And it seems like that sort of data collection would be a huge boon to hospitals, especially as you get the shift towards value-based care. And so your company is, is saying to these hospitals, like not only can we improve patient quality of care, which is an outstanding goal on its own, but we can also help you be more compliant. We can help you save on costs. It's a win-win that you're looking at. You know, I'll tell you, you know, um, patient engagement for too long has been an art. You know, in fact, uh, before a lot of the reimbursement laws changed, the way people thought about patient experience at hospitals was like, hey, let's put a grand piano in the lobby and make it feel more like a hotel. And while uh, those things are nice around environment of care, they weren't really driving outcomes. And so what's been really kind of powerful and a real catalyst for the business is, hey, patient engagement is not an amenity. It's a core strategy for health transformation and improvement. And so it's been kind of the mantra for a long time. It's gotten incredibly serious the last four or five years and a great catalyst, not just for our business, but really for patients. The fact that hospitals and providers are focusing and investing in ways to make the patient experience more engaging and empowering is a great thing for patients and it's a great thing for providers as well. Now, is your system interoperable with some of the major healthcare IT players that we see? It, it is. You know, um, so uh, our system would be too much like every other um, 
iPhone app, you know, in healthcare, there are way too many of them that don't actually tie into the very clinical systems that actually are used to run the organization. In our world, uh, we couldn't operate without that. And so we interface with Epic, Cerner, Athena, Allscripts, Meditech, RTLS systems, dietary systems, any system in a hospital that we think if a patient had access to it, it might impact their care positively, we're writing interfaces for. So today we have, I think, at last count last week, we had 568 live interfaces across the country that are tying to GetWell Network. Wow. And it seems like your network also ties right into EHRs, too, to have that instantaneous plug-in of information. It, it does. It's probably one of the most important, uh, you can imagine, interfaces we have. And so when we tie into the EHR, we know a couple of really important things. We know what patients in what bed or what clinic at what time. We know what language they speak, what medications they're on, what procedures they're having. That data for us allows us to dynamically and personalize for that patient, hey, Michael, you're having surgery tomorrow. Here are the four important things we need you to do, and here are the three medications you're going to be on. You should learn about them right now. And so there's really powerful ways for us to take data elements from the EHR, impact patients at the point of care through our digital platform, and then push data back into the EHR so that we actually add a patient-reported outcome into the chart. That's awesome. So you're in a really unique spot being right at the, at the head of this company that is changing the way that patient care works. So I'd love to ask you, what sorts of trends are you seeing in the industry that could really change things from your perspective going forward? Yeah, you know, I would, I would say, you know, two, two major ones, you know, one of them is, is as we get to the back end of the curve of, of EHRs being implemented, we now have this incredible data, data repository. And now the question is, is what can you do with this data to actually improve the care? And so we're actually, to me, at the dawn of like an explosive opportunity for technology and for providers and for companies to figure out how to leverage this data to really impact care in a measurable, undeniable way for patients. So that's kind of one of the things we're seeing. The other thing we're actually seeing is the shift to value-based care from volume-based care has actually driven providers to kind of get people out of their hospitals and to take care of them in less expensive more dynamic, in fact, more safe places. And so we're seeing a massive shift into what we would call cross-continuum opportunities, urgent care centers, home health, uh, in the clinic. Um, And so we're working on a lot of things that kind of um, allow patients to kind of take their care plans with them, Um, not in the form of a paper stack you get at discharge where you put it in your garbage can when you get home, (laughs) but in form of digital tools that we actually can live with every day of our lives. So it's a real important, those are the two places we think there are tons of opportunity. Yeah, that's really awesome. So uh, in the world of telehealth, are you guys making strides there in trying to reach people while they're in their homes? Yeah, you know, it's, um, we, we, we're integrating a lot of telehealth, cap- telehealth capabilities into our tools. So you can imagine a scenario where um, I'm a heart failure patient. I've come in through the ED. I had heart failure. I end up having surgery. I spend eight days in the hospital and I actually go home. And there's a real, really critical time period for the hospitals is 30 days. If I get readmitted within 30 days of my discharge, I don't get paid for that again. So there's a lot of incentive from the provider side to make sure patients are taking care of themselves when they actually leave their careful hands. More importantly to us from the patient standpoint, you don't want to go back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so with telehealth, there's an amazing opportunity, to be honest with you, to weave telehealth capabilities into these digital tools so that I might be able to get three, four, five, ten more touches with my physician or my care manager or my nurse without having to drive 45 minutes in an appointment and leave work and whatever the case may be. So there's tremendous opportunity to drive efficiency and quality using telehealth 
into the patient engagement tools that we actually use right now. And do you think there's a trade-off involved there where patients aren't seeing their doctors face-to-face as much? You know, I actually think it's the opposite. You know, we are uh, living in a world where uh, even when we have serious conditions or chronic conditions like diabetes or asthma or heart failure, um, we also have lives. And healthcare has gotten to the point where if we can find a way to efficiently connect, efficiently connect doctors and patients more effectively and directly through these tools, you actually are going to have uh, more time, more meaningful time than you would have otherwise. You know, and so we think, we think it's a very powerful way to go do that today. That's really interesting. And so, how actually would that work? Like, on what form of technology is this? Your smartphone we're talking about? Yeah, or? this would be. And so, for us, mostly is um, uh, again, if I can just paint a picture. So, um, I'm getting discharged from the hospital uh, through Getwell Network. I'm being put on a heart failure pathway. And basically, what it tells me is, is the, the day I leave is going to let me know on my phone. Hey, Michael, it's day one since you're hot, you got discharged from the hospital. Have you picked up your medications yet? It's really important you're on your medications right away. All of a sudden, it's day nine. Hey, Michael, it's Dr. Anderson. I'm just, just, just talking to you to check in to see how you're doing on, on your plan. It looks like things are going really well. Um, if you need me, you can always call. But I just wanted you to take a quick video so I can understand kind of how it is that, that your, your feet are looking today. And so there's things that we can really begin to do through mobile technology that are really pretty, quite elegant. And we're using them in a lot of industries other than healthcare. Now we actually bring them into healthcare as well. That's really interesting. It seems like such a great idea. And that kind of leads itself to two follow-up questions. One, how widespread are you guys and, and how, how prominent is this now? And two, is there anybody else that's out there doing this? Sure. So as far as penetration, you know, we're working in about um, 400 or so um, hospitals and another 100 or so clinics across the country. And we also work over in the Middle East and a couple of leading organizations over in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And so I will tell you that, um, you know, overall, there are probably 5,000 hospitals in the U.S., so we're in 400. So um, the good news is, is um, there's a footprint that is established enough with a critical mass in some of the most important health systems in the U.S., Kaiser, Adventist, Ascension, Carolinas, Tenant, a lot of big organizations, University of Chicago, MUSC in Charleston, um, big organizations that are using Get Well Network to drive their patient engagement strategies. Uh, the bad news is, is um, uh, 95% of the patients don't have access to these tools yet. And so there's a long way to go. Um, I will tell you, though, uh, number one and number two on the strategic plans of every organization we work with is patient engagement. That, of course, brings a ton of competition, you know, um, which we think is a good thing. Um, Again, what does create, though, is you have every company in the world all of a sudden claiming to be a patient engagement company. And so it's really imperative, we believe, to focus on the science and the efficacy of these tools, not just the pretty screens on smartphones. And so the really question is, is, is the work we're doing, both with technology and change management, actually making a difference that could be measured, you know, um, uh, not just opined on, if you will. And so it's a really important way to distinguish yourself in the market. Mm-hmm. And do you think that this huge trend of hospital consolidation will actually lead to better outcomes? You know, it, that's, it's, a, it's a great question. And um, I, I will tell you, the investments required to do some of this stuff well um, are heavy. Uh, and I would tell you, it's not just a technology investments; it's investments in change management and people. Um, healthcare is a people business and it always will be. And so I will tell you, the benefit to consolidation is just organizations that have a lot of capital dollars or more capital dollars to invest in the very technology and change management that's required to drive better outcomes. And so um, I think to that part, it's good. On the flip side, um, healthcare is local and it always will be. 
Uh, we live in communities where we actually need to be cared for, as do our families. And so these large organizations need to find a way to make sure the care stays personalized and local while they're actually benefiting from the scale economy that they actually can get. So it's a, it's a balance that has to be struck um, that I think organizations are going to struggle with for some time. Yeah, and hopefully telehealth will be something that helps with that too. It's, 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 a great, it's a great area of technology that can really benefit care moving forward for sure. Yeah, so I'd like to wrap up the show by asking you kind of a fun question. So it is Wednesday, October 21st, 2015. That is the day that in Back to the Future, the date that Marty McFly went to the future 30 years. So I'd love to ask you, in 30 years, what's going to what's gonna stand out to you about healthcare? Um, I mean, Putting you on the record here, but of course it's pure speculation. Sure. What do you think is going to be the biggest, coolest, most radical change in healthcare in thirty years? You know, I, I really think that the, that the personal the personalization of our healthcare and really understanding, frankly, um, uh, our own DNA at a much more intimate, personal level from an early age, and really kind of guiding our life journey and our health journey uh, through that information is going to be really important. Um, I'm watching, uh, I have two brothers who are in the sports industry, and I'm watching the craziness today, you know, that is fantasy sports and fantasy football and all these things. And look, my dream and vision is the following. If we can begin to move people to a place where you're paying as much attention to your life journey and your health journey as you are to your fantasy football league roster, imagine the change that we can actually see in the world. Imagine communities of diabetes patients getting healthier and what that actually results in from a human advancement standpoint. And so I know it sounds up in the clouds and it sounds way out in the future, but I really believe if we can begin to arm people with personalized information about their health journey and they actually can pay attention to it, man, oh, man, we can see a lot of change in the world that can be really productive. That's an incredible answer. And one of the things that we were talking about earlier before the show was this engagement with your own health. And, you know, you have the information in front of you. Your doctor's going to tell you. You mentioned earlier a, a stack of papers that you just throw out. But it's about really sparking that passion for following your healthcare journey, determining what are your goals and why do they matter. And that's what's going to make all the difference. There's no doubt in my mind if we can move healthcare from being ailment based to aspirationally based, um, will really change the dialogue. I would tell you one last thing. You know, when you go into a clinic or to a doctor, the first thing on their chart is chief complaint. And I fundamentally think it's the wrong thing to be first in the chart. Imagine if my doctor knew that the most important thing to me was to not get cancer again because I have two young girls. I want to make sure I walk them down the aisle 10, 15 years from now. I guarantee you that when he prescribes a diet regimen or a medication regimen in service of that life goal, not because my arm's aching, I guarantee you I'm more apt to be engaged in that care plan. And that to me is ultimately what we're trying to do at Get Well Network is to move people to take a more active role in their health journey. And when we do, the outcomes are killer and we're having a ball. Yeah. Folks listening, I would encourage you so much to check out Get Well Network, read up some more about them. It's really an incredible business doing amazing work. Michael, thank you so much for being here. It's been really fun talking to you all day. And folks, thanks for listening and tune in next week. Thanks, Christine. Appreciate it.